0: Lots of stories, lots of things happening as far as Putt Putt's concerned this week. You know, as we go through and coming toward the end, and and uh, I shared in a in an uh, email to the whole coordinators a, a story about Sandy, and I'll I'll share that here. Uh, real, I've already shared it to them with others, so I can probably share it here. Is that all? That all right? You have you have to know we're talking a little bit tonight, and, and I think maybe tomorrow too, uh, or next week. I'm sorry, not tomorrow, but next Wednesday uh, about tapping into the source tonight we have to understand who is the source and, and we do we understand that it's gone but there's some things that god showed me and some things i wanted to to show you or to 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 let you uh, in on maybe a little bit but uh it's the tapping into the source it's not so much knowing that the source exists it's how we as believers are supposed to are supposed to tap into it because we all understand and we all know that electricity runs you know that it's going up and down your walls at home, it's running through your, your outlets, it's all over the place, there, there are power lines, you see them happening. You may or may not understand it, you may or may not know exactly how it works, but you understand that the power is there. And that we even say that when you want to start something, you want to turn something on, you want to get your TV, you know, like one of the first things that your, your instruction manual says when you get your new TV is, is you know, you got to get the plug out and you have to find a power source, See if you can find, and it doesn't do any good, right? To just set the TV up, put the plug on it, and then just lay it there near the power source. It doesn't. It's not enough to know. See, it's not even enough to. I mean, look, I understand all about electricity, and I know it runs all through the house, and I know how it goes there and comes. And I don't know any of that kind of stuff. By the way, I blew up my ceiling fan the other day when I was trying to put it in a couple years ago. I did big fire. So, it, it, I'm learning. I'm learning. I draw diagrams, and I take them to Bill O'Brien, and he looks at them, and then he scribbles it all out, and then he draws a new diagram, and then I blow something up, and then he finally comes over, and then he fixes it, and it's all good. But I'm pretending that even even if I know all about how current works and how all that stuff happens, and I don't care how many times you turn the light switch on and off, and if your TV isn't plugged into the power source, it's not going to come on. I mean, you can, you can set it there, and you can have it near. Coming to church isn't the same thing as plugging into, tapping into your source. Yes, you have to understand who the source is. You have to understand the fact that, that God is our source, and we're going to talk just a little bit about it today. But the most important thing for us as believers is how, how do we tap into that source? You know how do how do we go past where the things that you face are beyond you? I've been saying it all year long. If you could fix this, was this was just revelation to me as I was sharing with somebody one day in just a counseling situation and talking to them, and it was like revelation to me. So I really got something out of it. I don't know if they understood a thing that I said, but I got something out of it. So, but I said, in your situation, it was like it was like the light came on. In your situation, do you know what to do? No. Okay. If you knew what to do would you do it? Uh-huh. Huh. Ah. Well, then the key is just find out what you're supposed to do. Now, the source of all wisdom, the source of all abundance financially and health and in relationally in your life, the source of all wisdom in your life is found in him. So, so part of the thing that we have to do as believers is learn how to tap into that thing. And, and a lot of it is getting past us because we don't know. We don't have a clue. We face things all the time, not just giant things in our lives, but we face things every day in our life that we come across and think, I don't know what to do. Somebody says, what do you think? I don't know. So what do we do? We start, we try to think of something. We immediately fill the air with words that mean nothing. And some of us fill the air with a lot of words. We talk a lot. We start giving our opinion. We start telling you what, what we think or what I, I'll tell you what I think about the situation. Have you ever been talking to somebody and they, shut, they, they turned off their ears way before you stopped talking because they realized you what you're saying is not the answer. And in your life, how, how many times do we try that thing? I mean, do, do we think of something and we try it? It doesn't work. Then we think of something else and it kind of works but doesn't work. And so we're, we're always trying to, to, to face, we face situations that we don't know what to do so we're always trying to figure it out. And and not always the right way. I think in the very end when we're beaten down and when we've had enough and when, you know, it's always in that case that we finally go, you know what, I should probably ask God. Or we come across somebody with great wisdom and we ask them what they think and they say, well, have you asked God? And you go, I didn't. And so, you know, not that Sandy is in that place or was in that place, but through this whole putt-putt thing, she and Brad had taken a couple co- holes as coordinators, and they were going to go out and find sponsors for those holes. And, and that was, that was, that's, a, that's a daunting task for many of us, to go out and begin to talk to people and share vision and influence and all of those kind of things, to say, look, this is what God's doing, because most of us don't have any idea how we would do that. And so we, 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 we're not fundraisers, we're not people who do that for a living all the time, and so we don't really know how to do all this and to think, oh my goodness, you know, I mean this was $100,000, but in their case, in those two holes, you know, that was $4,000, and they think, wow, that's a lot, 100000 is a lot, but 4000 is a lot, and you don't have the wisdom that it takes to do it. You don't know what to do, and so in, from the beginning, the word was and continues to be, ask God. Ask God, trust him, plug into him, find out what he's saying, find out the, we said in the very first meeting that we sat down and we prayed for about four or five minutes. We prayed in the spirit, we prayed in in English, we just prayed, had a piece of paper in front of us that had 10 blanks and just said, who is God putting on your heart to write down? That's tapping into a source. That's saying, you know what, God, before I begin putting down my list of 10 people I think could take care of this, why don't you give me the list of 10 people you think might take care of this? It's about about knowing that his ideas are better than our ideas. It's about knowing that he may know somebody who's just in their heart been dealing with this idea that I've got to be involved in something bigger than me. That you don't know them. Maybe you do know them, but how many people don't know what you're thinking about? So, I mean, this guy at work or this lady that you know down the street or at work, she's been thinking. God's been dealing with her. She's been going in and out of some other church somewhere. Or she's been watching TV or she's seen something on the news. And she said, I don't know what it is, but I feel like I'm supposed to be involved. And see, God's trying to tell you. He said, hey, and you're like, I right, man, I can't think of Anybody? And this person's over here wandering around thinking, boy, I wish somebody would ask me. Now, that's not what they're saying. But, but I mean, they're thinking, man, if somebody would just ask me what to do with all this money, I, you know, I'd just, I would just give it to them. I don't know what to do. Because there are people who God's putting things on their heart over here, and you've got to tap into his wisdom so that he can put you together with them. And you wouldn't have think, you, you're not thinking about that person. You might not even know them. Maybe you do, but you don't even know what they're thinking. Actually, you know what we think? They wouldn't want to be involved see our first thought in a lot of situations is that won't work our first thought is well they would never want to be involved but but what should our first thought be his thoughts you know well, that's our deal and so I, it's a long story to get back to the to the good part where where she was but she she really had gotten to the point where she kept telling brad well when, when are you going to get all the sponsors for our hole when are you going to get our hole taken care of and Brad's taking care of all the price. Brad's got stuff going on, too, and they both work, and they're busy. They're busy people. There aren't too much more busy people than these two. So she's asking, Brad, when are you going to get our holes taken care of? But many times, that's, that's our first thought. Like, when is somebody else going to take care of this thing for me? You know, and in a marriage relationship, it works that way some. So she was telling him, and finally one day, I don't know what the story was, but she kind of came to her senses and said, well, by golly, Eeyore's not doing anything. I better get going on this thing. And if you've been in our marriage class, you know she's Tigger and he's Eeyore, and it's not anything about Brad, but It's just, you know, she bounces around on her tail and he goes, yes, dear. I mean, it's kind of like, you know, that's kind of the way that it rolls. So she's thinking, you know what? Eeyore just hasn't quite come through for us in this situation. But she still doesn't know anything. See, she still doesn't know anybody. She can't go. So all she has to do what? She's gotta tap into the wisdom of God. So she began to ask God, okay, you gotta give me some divine encounters. You have to give me some divine ideas. I don't know anything. I'm really busy. I got a lot going on, and, and I don't have time to go around to seventy-eight people. Everybody that I know hope I come into the right thing. See, and we try to have seventy-eight different ideas, hoping that one of them works. We'll work a lot harder to come into luck instead of seeking him first and finding out what he says and so all of a sudden I mean I'm kind of making the story as I go but I mean I, this is the things that I've got out of the story that she's told me so far you, you come in over the last you know few weeks it was really exciting all of a sudden people started like just, just saying hey I want to give money and she's like give it to me I mean, it was kind of the way that it, you know, it was kind of the way she's talking on the phone to somebody, praying for him and just reaching out to him. They're like, yeah, I got a pile of cash I want to give away. And she's like, let me tell you where you can give it. And so, I mean, it was like those kind of opportunities. You ask God for those divine opportunities. You get into who he is and he puts those things together. See, he puts you together with the right people. And then it's easy because he's already working on somebody. He's already doing something over here behind the scenes. He's already got a job for you sitting over here. So you begin to find out what it is that he has for you, and then you begin to put those things together. You go to the source. And so she'd been doing that, and all of a sudden money started coming in, in her hole, she, every day I came in, it was just a new experience. I'd come in very lightly because she was going to pounce like Tigger and tell us all about the, the, the next person that gave her $500, you know, or this person gave me $200. I mean, it was just like, wow. So like this week, she's just ripped through her hole. And so on Sunday, she felt bad for Eeyore, so she seed 15 bucks in Eeyore's hole. So she told Brad, honey, I, I, I seed 15 bucks to finish up my hole. I went ahead and put that in yours. <laughs> Mine just has 1,500, but I'll give you $15. <laughs> so she plants a little seed, and then like before Monday gets over, her hole's taken care of, and all of a sudden, they're spilling over. So she said, Boy, well, I'm just going to start pouring them in his hole too. But here's the thing, if you'll tap into who he is, it's been fun. I mean, it's been exciting. I said, Well, where have you been the last six weeks? You should have been doing this six weeks ago. You would have got all of our holes taken care of and it would have been But I mean that that I you mean now think about it. It's like God, I you know what? I mean, I this is you're looking for somebody else to kind of take care of things, and that's that's nothing wrong with them. I mean, that's kind of the way their relationship, that's the way it all goes, you know, it wasn't any big deal. But then all of a sudden she kind of had that moment, like, Maybe God wants to use me. But I don't know anything. And I'm really busy, but He does. He does. I mean, we got a few days left. Maybe God puts somebody on your heart. Go talk to them. I know you don't like like Sally. I know she's been a problem. You know, and I know she's just been cantankerous, but God's been putting her on on your heart. You've been thinking, I don't want to talk to her. We can do without hers. Sometimes we say this, I'll give for her so I don't have to talk to her. Maybe God wants to do something there with her. Maybe not toward the Sudan, maybe not money for this thing, but maybe something between you and her. Who's your source? See, what's your source? And here's what God showed me just to kind of just in my my life. This is what I just wanted to do. We all know that God's our source. But but here's the thing that he showed me that made it kind of really, uh, made it real. It made it real easy for me to figure out. Because every time we say, who's your source? God's our source. But then he said to me, well, then who do you run to when you need help? Where do you go when you need wisdom? Where do you go when you need money? What, 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 what is your first response? What is, what, is, what is your first action in those situations where, where, you, where you don't know what to do? See, when the boss comes or when you see something on the news or when, when you look at your bills or you get, a, you get a bill in the mail from somebody you didn't know you owed or, or whatever those things were, when, and they come to all of us. And we say that God's our source. I mean, we all get together here, and we're all happy, and we smile a lot, and we love each other, and we say God's our source, and we could, I could ask you, and you would write down God's your source. But here's what he showed me. Then where do you run when it all gets rough? And your finances and your relationships with wisdom and with truth and with direction and with guidance, all those things, where do you go? Do you sit and stew? You know, do you sit and think? Do you sit and try to figure it out? And I know God's given us the mind of Christ, and there are many things that he asks us to do and think, but I think he leads us and guides us in all things if we'll allow him to. But it's about that opening up and about that tapping into that thing. I mean, do we really think that, that if we just set our TV up and just laid the plug there and didn't plug it in, we would? I mean, we know the power source, but do we, we really think that the TV would come on? So if we come to church and we don't open ourselves up and we don't plug ourselves in or tap into his wisdom and, and all the things that he has, do we really think that we'll get it? You think it'll rub off on us if we're just hanging around the right folks? It might rub off for a few minutes, but then when you get away from those folks, it won't rub off any. You know, the static will leave. So, you know, I just wanted to, I wanted to share that just because, I, I, you know, that story was exciting, you know, it was, it was just seeing the, the, all the momentum and the things that came with that and the excitement in her voice and seeing she knows that it wasn't her. She knows that it was gone. And then he hasn't finished it yet, but he's on his way to finishing it. And if there's more, she'll spill it over into somebody else's hole. I mean, it just, it's what is God going to do? See, it, was all, it's just, it went from this idea of like, okay, how are we going to get our hole filled to, wow, what is God going to do tomorrow? See, and I think in our lives, sometimes we're we're trying to figure out how our cupboards are going to get filled or how our things, and and we're not necessarily living in that place where we say, wow, what is God going to do tomorrow? Because you look at it and you think, well, I got this much, but I still need that much. Uh Uh-uh. What's God going to do tomorrow? Who's he got around the corner today? What does God have for me? Because he is our source. You know what I mean? Everything that you look, everything you look around and you see here, outside, in your house, your neighbor, your kids, everything was made by God. I mean, he he did it all. I mean, the chairs, he wasn't in the factory working on the chairs, but all of this came from something that he did. Ideas, creativity, wisdom, guidance, finances, health, everything. You were created. He knew all about you, still does. See, way before time, he knew who you were going to be and all the things that you were going to be like and all the gifts and talents. He knew all of that stuff. He is the source of everything. It says in the beginning, it was him. And then everything was made by him as he began to speak. And you can go back to Genesis in chapter one and look at all those scriptures and you can read through all those things. It says in Hebrews 1, 3, that the worlds were formed by his words. Right after the part in 11.1 that 1, says, Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Right back there, the next two scriptures down, it says that the worlds were formed. You have to understand, there was nothing there, but God spoke and it became. God spoke, let there be light, and there was light. He is the source of everything. There was, there was nothing. So who are we apart from him? Nothing. That's why it's so important in our lives that we come to him. See, it's, it's that plugging you in. We're like TVs just walking around if we're not plugged in. So that's important. You've got you've to get yourself turned on and plugged into who he is. And if we can do that, he's the source of everything. He's better than Google. I mean, he knows it all. I mean, he knows everything. Think about it. You don't even ask God half the time. How many, like 10 years ago, if you wanted to think of a scripture and you couldn't, what did you do? You'd say, God, you got to remind me of this. We don't even ask that anymore. I can go to BibleGateway.com and I can type in four words and it shows up. I can go to Google. You know, we've we've weaned ourselves from relying on him. We can't do that. So we have to wean ourselves from relying on us and always rely on him. And I think the more we understand that, the more we tap into who he is, the greater our existence. And not that she, I mean, she's Tigger, so she's happy all the time. But boy, it's just been a special couple of days around here, and she's just gotten fired up on this thing. It's been fun. It's been fun to watch. It's been fun to be a part of. It's neat. She opens the door, and I'm just waiting for whatever she's going to say. She comes in and smiles and drops something off my desk, and I can tell because she's going. And I say, what? She goes, somebody else gave me $200 today. And off she goes out the door. And it's just, I mean, it's like, wow. I mean, that's kind of the way that it's been. But when he's your source and you're tapped in, you, I mean, you know it's not you. And I think, I think many of us come, you know, even to this place tonight, even in church, and say, you know, I got needs, like finances. How many of us need financial miracles in our life? Well, we raise our hands, We'll come, you know, next week, we'll, we'll tap into those. We'll find out how to tap into God's financial blessings. You know, what do we do, God? Give us wisdom. Show us. Believe, yes. Have faith, yes. But there's actions and there's things that come along with that. What do you believe? Your actions begin to show what you believe. So begin to step into those things. You know, it says in Exodus in chapter 3, and we covered it last week, and it was Moses. And he said, well, who should I tell, you know, who should I tell the people sent me? And he said, I am. Yahweh, Jehovah, the Lord. Just tell him I am. I am everything that you have need of whenever you have need of it. I am everything that you need financially. I am everything that you need physically. I am everything that you need in wisdom and in guidance. And I, am, I am everything that you have need of. He said it in the beginning. That's who I am. Jesus came and said I am what? The way, the truth, and the life. It says no man can come to the Father except through him. Now all wisdom, see all of those things that we need, they go right through that doorway that we kicked open at Easter. You know that doorway into who he is. Now all of a sudden we can walk through that doorway into the source of everything that we have need of. Everything. But darn it, we're just a little too smart for ourselves. Sometimes we're just a little too quick Sometimes I think just a little too fast. Sometimes I get down that trail just a little too quickly. And once you go past that chute, God was like, I had the answer. And then he just patiently waits for us to run a couple laps, right? Get good and tired, sweaty, ready to give up on the backstretch somewhere, kicking the weeds in the infield, upset. And he's just thinking, "Why? where'd they go? I had the." That's just, that's just who we are as people. We, we, we are, we're smart. We're intelligent folks. But, but we have to realize that there's a difference between knowing the source and tapping into the source. And there's been a battle for this thing since the beginning of time. You know, in 1 first, in first Kings, in chapter 18, it's the story you know, of, of the rain. And, and, and it, was, it was this battle back and forth because the first words, you know, that they said were, uh, why, do, why do you falter between two opinions? It's in 1 Kings, and it's in chapter 18. And Elijah's, you know, he's, God's told him, you've got you to go, and you're going to be the dude that's going to do this and bring rain. Well, they've been in great famine, and there's been no rain, and all of a sudden things aren't good. But everybody's serving the wrong folks, serving the wrong peeps. So, so he comes, and he says, you know, I, Elijah, he says, so Ahab sent for all the children of Israel, and he gathered the prophets together on Mount Carmel, and Elijah came to all the people, and he said, how long will you falter between two opinions? And in our life, it's about this tapping, we know, who's the source? God's the source. Then how long will we falter between two opinions? How long? long? Now, there's a road, there's a process, there's a test, there's a storm. I I understand all those things, But, but I understand that it says, he'll lead me and he'll guide me, and he cares more for me than all the birds of the air, and he will take care of me, and he will provide for me. It says that even if he has me in a, in, in a wilderness experience, and in a place where he's teaching me something and showing me something like we've talked over the last few weeks, I'll still prosper. It says in Psalms in chapter one, it says no matter what happens, man, there's going to be leaves, green leaves. It says in Jeremiah, that says whatever he does. See that guy who leans on the Lord, whatever he does is going to prosper. It's going to be all right. And in this case, they didn't have any rain and that was a bit of an issue. And when they got to that point, he said, how long will you falter between these two opinions? He goes on then and he lets them, he says, okay, you guys figure out your own thing and I'll figure out my own thing and then we'll decide who's really, and, and this is between the people group. I mean, it was this group who said, you know what, this is the way, all the prophets of Baal and all of that, and they're going to cut themselves and do all those things and they're going to try to make fire come down from heaven and, and, and consume their sacrifice and, and, and then, you know, Elijah just kind of sat there and after a while he started making fun of them a little bit and then when it became his turn, then he did his thing. Now, we're, we're, not, we're not a different people group trying to decide that. Many times, this is, this is in our head. <laughs> That's, I mean, you've got to have unity in your noggin. And, and what happens is you get tired and you get run down because your head's thinking two different. You're thinking this way. Eh, it's not working. And then you stop and you try this way. So, so it's not two things happening. Many times, it's us having two different opinions in ourselves. You become double-minded, and a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. So it's about tapping in. First response, tap into him. Find out what he has for us. And then you go that direction. $100,000 is a lot of cash. That's a lot of money to bring in for the kingdom of God, for the children of South Sudan. But God said, well, how's it going to happen? I don't know. God said, what was the plan? 54 people, $2,000 apiece. That was the plan. Not Pastor John raising $100,000. People came up to me and said, it's going to be great when you raise that $100,000. Ha-ha. Yeah, that would be. <laughs> what about you? <laughs> because it's us. It's not a we. It's not a me. I mean, it's not a me or a, a Pastor Bill. Pastor Bill's, Pastor Bill's not doing it, but he's, got, he's tapping into what God has. He tapped into somebody that he knew in Alaska, sent a letter, sent an email to them, let them know what was going on and what was happening. They sent $10,000. Poof. There wasn't a lot of effort. He didn't have to walk to Alaska. He didn't have to go there and talk to them. It wasn't all of those things. But see, he still has to fight maybe some of the same things that we do that say in the back of his head, well, these people don't want to give. They gave one time. Why would they want to give again? Don't bother them. All all these kind of things begin to come. But when you know, see, he didn't even have a chance to think about that. Those thoughts would come, but he said that God said to call them. I'm going to send them an email. Don't, Don't give yourself an opportunity to be between two different things. Because he said in verse 36, Elijah did, he said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known this day that you are the God in Israel, and I am your servant, and that I have done all these things at your word. Hear me, O Lord God, hear that these people may know that you are the Lord God, that you have turned their hearts back to you again. And it said, then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt sacrifice. And then there came, a little while later as you keep reading, rain. See, God's showing himself true. Because Elijah could have said, well, I don't know. But now that wasn't the case. Elijah was firmly tucked in with God. He firmly knew that he was the source, he was the one, he was the prophet, and God was speaking to him. And so he hung, God took care of him, God fed him, God watered him, God did all those kind of things, took him from one place to the next, and then brought him to this point. Trust God. Trust God as your source. And here's the thing. David got that, and he, kinda, he understood that. David, in Psalms, in verse uh, chapter 62, it's verses 5 through 8. And I think it's the new, uh, I did the New International Version, NIV. It says, yes, my soul, find rest in God. My hope comes from Him. Truly, He's my rock and my salvation. He's my fortress. I will not be shaken. My salvation and my honor depend on God. He is my mighty rock, my refuge. Trust in Him at all times, you people. Pour your hearts out to Him, for God is our refuge. We get disappointed, we get upset with people. We get disappointed, we get upset with ourselves. But if we turn to God, we don't get disappointed if we don't get upset. We get encouraged instead of discouraged. There's joy. All of those things, there's peace. There's wisdom. There's understanding. There's knowledge. See, there's health. There's all of those things if we turn to Him. If we turn to Him. But we have to trust in Him. Not just noise he's our source, but we have to tap into that thing. We have to be able to tap into, we have to plug ourselves into that point. I mean, you can wave your cell phone when it's out of battery, right? You can wave that cell phone all over that thing. Come on. How many of you know your cell phone's dying and you know you're in trouble? And you look around and you don't have your charger. So you're thinking of some creative way. Like, you know, maybe if I jab, you know, like, I don't know, paper clips in here and in those old holes. Something's gotta happen. I mean, I gotta see, there's no hope. You know there's no hope. Even though I mean, that's the power source, and I got my thing and I don't know how to do it. Well, you we need to learn how to tap in. You gotta have the cord. You gotta tap yourself into that place. But when you do, what happens? Oh, I can text again, I can hear, I can talk to people, I can play on my phone. See, there's, there's nothing worse than being in a place where you can't do anything about it. Whether, whether it's a you know, dead cell phone battery or whatever it is, you, you can't do anything about it. Whether it's situations where you don't know how to fill up your hole, I don't know how to do it. I don't know what's going to happen. I have to find those things just like you do. Pastor Bill, Pastor Pam, and Corey, we're all fighting those things. We're all fighting that thought. That thought continues to come, what if this doesn't happen? What if that doesn't happen? What are you going to do about this? What are you going to do about that? It's real simple. You can say, I don't know. That's okay. But don't stop there. I don't know. I'm going to pray about it. I don't know. Let me ask God. I don't know father what's the answer see there's got to be that second part there's got to be that second part because that's the part that says i know he's my source i'm not even going to try i'm going to ask god i mean think about it in your life how many times have you really really needed something you were really in a place where where something had to happen and you'd figure out 18 different ways for god to do it but he did it the 19th way and you went, wow, you know, I never thought of that. <laughs> God, I tried. I wore myself to a frazzle. I didn't sleep for two weeks, and I didn't come up with that. And, and you, that quick, just came like that. That's amazing. When you finally rested, when you finally gave it up, when you finally said, okay, God, when you finally checked with him, it was kid just, just came out of left field somewhere, and it was the 19th way. But you got to get past you. i got to get past me, and we got to get into who, he, into who he is. See, who's your source? You can tell by what you seek. And it says in Matthew, and we'll end with this here real quick, and then next week we'll talk a little bit about tapping into those things and what we need to do. But it says, seek first his righteousness, right? In Matthew chapter 6, 30 through 33. It's in the Message Bible, Caitlin, if you want to put that up there. It says, if God gives such attention to the appearance of the wildflowers, most of which are never even seen. Don't you think he'll attend to you? Don't you think he'll take pride in you? Don't you think he'll do his best for you? He says, "What I'm trying to do here is to get you to relax, to not be so preoccupied with getting, so that you can respond to God's giving." I think many times we're more concerned about about the getting. Like God, we're in such a place we really, really need this, and we miss His giving you know, we're worried and and concerned about the getting on the receiving side. And we're always looking around. I don't know if I'm like you, but sometimes when I'm really seeking God and I'm really in a place where I really need him and I I feel like I really have trusted him, I, I, I begin to look around every corner. And then every time I don't see it, I think, oh, Maybe maybe the next one And I'm trying to tell myself It's okay, you're trusting in God Well, no, not really Because I'm looking around thinking Maybe it's, see, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just circumventing that thing And saying, maybe it's over here No, maybe it's, maybe it's, you know what? God could do it this way And now I'm on number 14 See, it says, don't be so, so preoccupied with the getting So that you can respond to God's giving It says, people who don't know God And the way that he works Fuss over all of these things But you know both God And how he works It says steep your life in God reality Steeping That's what they do to tea right You put that down in the thing and it it begins to infuse And the water just all of a sudden Becomes steeped with that tea It changes It goes from water to tea Nothing dissolves in there It just just, All of a sudden all that's in those tea leaves Comes into the water All that he is will come into us If we'll let him do that if we'll put ourselves in that position, if we'll tap into who he is, whether it be wisdom, and you say, man, I'm going through way too many things. He is the God of impossible. He's the God that, he goes beyond where we are. He says, steep your life in that God reality, that God initiative, that God provision. Don't worry about missing out. You'll find all of your everyday human concerns will be met. See, do you know not just that God is the source but do we know him as our source see when you know God as your source it goes big it goes beyond it's that life that we've been talking about that says man I'm just here just pour it through me yep me I'll do it I'll do it yep 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 you know we don't even stop to and you know those moments you know in your life when it's been like that so tonight, you can just stand up and we'll just pray here at the end. But I just wanted to, to read that again because it says what I'm trying to do, what God is trying to do, I believe, is get us to relax a little bit as we've gone through revolutionary faith and, and, and all of those different things that we talked about. You know, we, we talked about being violent and taking those things back, but it was about exuberance. It was about ener- ener- energetic and excitement and just, just letting go. See, can you be energetic when you're all bound up? Can can you be excited about what God's doing when you're all bound up about how it's going to happen and where it's going to come from? No. See, we can worry about, oh man, we don't know how to do it. Or we could say, God, you got to show me how to do it. And then you go from, and she wasn't like this, but you would go from this place where you're going, oh, what's going to happen? I don't know how to do it. I don't know what's going on. To like, whoo, God just came through again. And he came through again. And he came through Again. And you may be saying, Man, I'm going through a lot of stuff. Let God come through again. I have not had God solve all of my problems. I mean, I'm not done. There is a problem tomorrow. There's going to be one the next day. I, I mean, I, you haven't seen. There, I don't there's anybody that said, yep, I'm done. God's just, I mean, all, from here to there, I'm taken care of. No, we all have to be connected to that source all the time. If you want to see how to be connected to that source, watch your little kids. You know, watch them. When they've hurt themselves and you kiss them and you pray for them, and you tell them it's okay. Watch them when they, when they say, you give them some money and they say, I'm going to take all this and put it in the offering. And what do you say? Oh, honey, let me teach you about 10%. Let me teach you how not to give. <laughs> like God tells you. I mean, God says bring 10%. He says bring this. I'm like, I was like that. I chased Rachel around all the time. I made sure she didn't have a lot of money in her pocket because she always gave everything that she had. But see, our kids understand not that just he's the source. They get the idea that by faith, they can live with that. They're plugged in. They get plugged in in super church. And then I find them at my house and I'm take, kicking their plugs out all the time. <laughs> See, that's why I say have childlike faith. Be imitators of God as what? Dear little children, because they get it. They get it. They'll give their last cent. They'll pray for that kid at the playground. When you kiss their boo-boo and tell them Jesus is going to heal it, they'll say, I'm fine. And they'll jump right back up, get on their bike, and ride off. That childlike faith.